You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Good morning, everyone. It is great to uh, join you on this beautiful January morning. I know it's a little rainy and dreary, but welcome to Pittsburgh. This is what we get, and we love it. And uh, so great to, to join you here online. And uh, my name's Nick. I'm the lead pastor here, if I haven't had the chance to meet you. And today we're kicking off a new series, and uh, we're going to try something a little different today. Uh, since we're all online here, uh, we've got a few folks here in the room, uh, mostly volunteers and staff, but uh, we know that we're coming to your living room or wherever you might be participating this morning. And uh, I'm online here on uh, my laptop, and I'm going to endeavor to kind of interact a little bit. Uh, if you're on Facebook in the comment sections, feel free to give me a shout out there, and uh, we're going to see how this goes. It's going to be a little different. So as we step into a new year, I don't know about you. 2020 is a crazy year. Uh, we've used words like unprecedented and uh, historical and things like that. Um, but as we step into uh, this new year, uh, there are some phrases and some words that I would love to retire. Now, let's not hear these words. I know it's not going to happen, but I would love for that to happen. And uh, here, here are some of my, my favorites, but I want you to post in the comments, what are some of the words you would love to just retire. Just leave in 2020. Let's not carry those over to 2021. Let's just uh, leave those behind, move on. Phrases that you don't want to hear again, words you don't want to hear again. Uh, Share some of those in the comments for me. And uh, here's some of the ones that I'd love to just give up. Social distancing. I don't know if you enjoy that word. I'd be ready to be done with that. Quarantine. I I just cringe when I hear the word quarantine still to this day. Uh, Abundance of caution. Unprecedented times. Or or if you have kids, here's a few that maybe you are done with. Uh, Virtual school. Asynchronous learning. Hybrid education. These are words that uh, maybe your kids just cringe at hearing. What are some of the ones that you, new normal I see, uh, New normal is definitely one, uh, or staying home, uh, being on lockdown, uh, any of those things. Uh, I'm, I'm done with those. Now, most of these words, honestly, for me, uh, these were uh, not words I really used much prior to 2020. But there's one word that I did use uh, that used actually pretty frequently. It's the word hybrid because I drive a hybrid SUV. Uh, and, and the question I have is, you know, a hybrid vehicle is a good thing. He uses gas, he uses electricity to run, to function, that's the good thing. How did such a good concept become such an uncomfortable word to hear? Hybrid's good. Well, how did that become bad? And it's really because of the pain that's associated with it, the pain attached to it. And, And this is true in a lot of different areas in our life. You know, there are probably words, phrases, smells, even sounds that the moment that you experience it, all these memories come rushing back. To, to, to a random person on the street, they would mean nothing. That, that smell, that sound, uh, that, that word, that phrase would mean nothing to them. But to you, it brings these memories back, these painful, difficult memories from your past. Maybe, maybe uh, an example would be uh, you know, a cleaning solution that they used at your elementary school when you were growing up. And the moment you smell something, it takes you back to that wretched fifth grade math class that you hated and you despise just because of a smell. For me, it's the smell of formaldehyde. I know it's a really random smell. Anything that even comes close to that takes me back to my 10th 
10th grade biology class with Mr. Dorn at Derry High School. I hated that class. Uh, for those of you who went to Derry, you had Mr. Dorn, you get it. We had to dissect a fetal pig. I couldn't stand that class. Worst grade I've ever gotten in school. The smell just takes me back. Maybe, maybe for you it's a phrase or how someone talks. And, and the person could be well-meaning, but the moment you hear it, it takes you back to someone that hurt you or, or a season that was really painful and you get this defensive reaction. See, most of our painful memories aren't just contained in the experience or, or what happened to us, but it's also the things that were happening around us, the smells, the sounds, the sights that we have. And, and those all can be associated together. And, and this surely has happened and will continue to happen with some of the phrases, some of the things that you've maybe walked through in 2020. And, and the moment you hear words or phrases or, or certain uh, moments that you smell something or hear something, it's going to take you back to some, maybe some painful memories of 2020. And you're immediately going to be taken back. Today, though, I want to redeem one of these hated words from 2020, the word hybrid. You know, it's a, hybrid hybrid's a really interesting word. And, and Webster's Dictionary defines hybrid as this, something that has two different types of components performing essentially the same function. Essentially the same function. Hybrid. In the comments, why don't you post if you have ever driven a hybrid vehicle. Um, one of the things that happens uh, in my vehicle, because uh, you know, it runs on gas and electric, is sometimes it uh, just the gas engine shuts off, so you don't hear anything. And uh, I can't tell you how many times, just happened this week, uh, I will leave my car forgetting I didn't turn it off because it's quiet, and it'll sit there running for an hour or more. And I walk into my car, and I'm like, oh, I left it running. Didn't realize that. In the winter, it's really nice because the heat's still on. It's nice and warm and toasty. Uh, uh, in the summer, you know, the air's running, so that's good. Um, it's not really wasting too much gas because it's running on uh, electric, but uh, hybrids can be good things. The word hybrid is a really yucky word in 2020, 2021, but what I want to do, I want to kind of redeem it. See, see, hybrid engines, good example, uses gas, uses electric, accomplishing the same goal, two different ways. Hybrid education, although you could argue its effectiveness, the intention is to provide the same function in two different ways online and in person. Uh, something unique happens when we can take a word or an experience or a memory that's painful and actually redeem it for good. In fact, this is really the crux of the gospel message. God takes the ugly, the broken things, the, the forgotten things, the painful things, and he uses it or, or redeem it, in, it, we might say, for his good purposes. This is the gospel and, and throughout this month, uh, as we journey together uh, here at Calvary, we want to redeem this hybrid word and look at this idea of a hybrid faith. Now, next Sunday, we're going to be continuing the series uh, for those that are able to and feel comfortable in person. So we're going to be not just online, which we'll continue to do, but also be in person. And we're going to be looking at this idea of a hybrid faith. Not, not a faith that is lesser or, or is watered down, but a faith that accomplishes the same function through two different expressions that should and could be running concurrently. The goal is to accomplish something Jesus refers to as discipleship. Discipleship. Now, uh, in, in the comments, I want you to post, when you hear the word discipleship, what comes to your mind? 
When, when you think uh, someone says discipleship, what, what immediately comes to your mind? Now, if you have any kind of a church background, uh, that might be a little bit of a cringeworthy word. Maybe for you, you get these flashes of memory of maybe being a kid in a Sunday school class and, and, and hearing a boring Bible story. Or, or maybe for you, it takes you to this moment where you were trying to grasp this deep theological uh, idea or concept and, and you really struggle with that. And, and it's not a word that you really get excited about, this idea of discipleship. Well, discipleship, when we look at what Jesus talks about, discipleship is really nothing more than becoming what God intended you to be. And in fact, there's a verse in John chapter 10, verse 10, where Jesus makes this statement. It's really become kind of a theme verse for us as a church. It really embodies why and how we do ministry here at Calvary. Here's what it says. John chapter 10, verse 10. You can follow along right here on the screen below me. There it is. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life to the full. Jesus here presents this word picture where we all have this measure of potential. And Satan's aim is robbing us of that potential, seeing that potential never realized. But, but what Jesus came to this earth that we could fulfill our full potential. That, that, that we could see our God-given potential become a reality. Here at Calvary, this is why we talk so often about our mission to lead people into an overflowing life with Jesus. It's not just about a statement. It's not just about something that uh, we throw out there because we, have, we need sentences and words to, to throw out because we're an organization. No, this is our passion. This is our mission. The reason we say we want to lead people into an overflowing life with Jesus is because our vision, the vision God has given us, is to see your cup full, and not just full, but overflowing into someone else's life. That God would fill your cup to such an extent that it flows out and impacts others around you, impacts people, your neighbors, your coworkers, your family. The question, though, that comes up is how does our cup get filled? How do we see our full potential realized? How does that happen? Uh, The answer is a hybrid faith. It's a hybrid faith. You see, this gospel and what it means to follow Jesus is often minimized to just one thing. And doing so isn't necessarily wrong, but it's not the full picture. Let me give an example. Some might say that following Jesus is simply about knowing God's word and, and, and knowing God's heart. The more you pray and study God's word, the, the, the better you will be as a follower of Jesus. And, and, and that's not untrue, but it's not the total picture. It's, not, it's incomplete. Others might say following Jesus is, is really just about showing God's love to our world, period. If you're showing God's love to the world, then you're, you're where you need to be. And, and once again, not completely untrue, but it's incomplete. You see, Jesus was this walking dichotomy. In other words, he would say or do things that seem to be contradictions, but were not. One of the great examples of this is the cross. The cross. Talk about bringing back bad memories. The cross. The the cross evoked the most negative, visceral uh, response to anything else, of anything else in in the first century world. It was a violent, excruciating way to die. Almost just as excruciating to watch or observe. 
the smells, the images, the sounds that identified a Roman site of crucifixion were intentionally designed by the Romans to bring about those negative responses because it deterred people from threatening Roman rule. This symbol of death and destruction, of tyrannical rule, now, today, 2021, hangs in churches all over the world, representing the depth of love and grace that God extended to this broken world through Jesus' death and resurrection. Did you see what Jesus did there with the cross? He embraced a hybrid approach where it wasn't one or the other. In, in other words, the cross, the cross wasn't stripped of its symbolism of pain. The cross is still a symbol of pain. Jesus makes the statement that we are to take up our cross daily and follow him. It doesn't mean we embrace the easy aspects of life, that, that we embrace the, the comfortable aspects of life. What he's talking about is that we are willing to embrace the pain, the suffering that comes with the cross. The cross wasn't stripped of its symbolism of pain. It's still a symbol of pain. But what it did was bring purpose to the pain, which is God's love. And into that vein of seemingly contradictory ideas, Paul would write this letter to the church in Philippi. And uh, this was a church that experienced difficulty, persecution, financial strain, and yet continued to be generous and embody what Paul would write them about finding joy in every moment, every experience, uh, every situation. And, and in the midst, middle of this letter, in Philippians chapter 2, here's what Paul would write to the church in Philippi, starting in verse 12. He said, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, listen to this, not only in my presence, but now, but now, much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now, I, I want to stop there for a second. If you can hold that on the screen there. If you see there, uh, go back one verse. Back one slide there. Uh, if you see there, it says, uh, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only my presence, but now. You're going to see throughout this passage, Paul keeps going back and forth. He says, but now. And then move on to the next slide there and it says, continue to work out your salvation in, with fear and trembling. Not just one, but both. Here's where he goes, verse 13. For it is God who works in you to will and to act. Not one or the other, both will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that, so if you do this, then this is possible, that you may become blameless and pure. So if you're not grumbling and complaining or arguing, then you can be blameless and pure. Children of God, without fault in a warped and crooked generation. And listen to this very next statement. Then, so if you can do this, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. Do you see what Paul's doing? He's, he's saying it's this and this, not this or this. And he keeps going back and forth in this whole passage. And, and do you see how Paul is talking about it's not either or, it's both and, it's this and that. And, and he's talking about our discipleship process, or how we become what Jesus wants us to be. He's saying, don't, don't grumble and argue and, and do all this. 
then you can be an influencer. You can make a difference. You can make an impact in the world. Uh, do this, and, and this will happen too. Now, getting back to this idea of the cross, this is such a symbol of our faith. You know, we wear crosses around our necks or earrings or, or uh, on our cars or, or maybe hanging in our home or in our church. We have, we have this symbol, a cross. Uh, won't you post in the comments here, where, uh, where do you have maybe in your life a cross? Are there crosses in your life? Maybe in your bedroom, maybe in your car, maybe around your neck. Where do you have crosses? You can post that uh, there in the comments this morning. Uh, you see, the, the cross is such an interesting thing. We can oversimplify the journey of following Jesus and living for him in this world as just about pursuing those big victorious moments. Like the moments where we conquer, where we win, where everything works out. The, the walking out of the grave, conquering sin and death kind of moments. We love those moments. We, we strive for those moments. And those mountaintop moments are wonderful. Those are incredible moments where we, we give glory to God, where we shout from the mountaintops, where we, we, we celebrate what God has done. But that's not the crux of a life with Christ. You see, the resurrection ultimately wasn't possible without the pain of the cross. You wouldn't have had the resurrection without the pain of the cross. In the same way, uh, the mountaintop moments aren't possible without the struggle of climbing the mountain. A, a hybrid faith isn't about keeping two irons in the fire or trying to keep all your spiritual plates spinning at the same time. It's about recognizing that you will make the greatest impact on this world when you first take the time and intention to experience the depth of God's love and the reality of what uh, his word says about your life. It's not one or the other. One leads to the other. One produces the other. Uh, God, God redeemed the cross. 2,000 years ago, he redeemed this concept, this idea of the cross. If you would have talked to a, a resident of the Roman world in the first century about the idea of a cross, they would cringe. It was a, a painful Painful symbol. God redeemed the cross. He, he didn't strip it of its pain, but he redeems, he redeemed it. And, and, and the same is true for our lives. God redeems your life not by stripping it of, of the struggle, but by bringing purpose to the struggle. It's a both and kind of world. And, and throughout this, this month and this year, our hope is to see us grow as individuals and as a church in two ways in depth and in breadth. My, my hope is that we could grow deeper in our understanding of God's word and what he asks of us, that we would also, at the same time, be growing in our influence and the impact that we could make in this world. In the first century, in the book of Acts, chapter one, verse eight, Jesus would make this statement. He would say, he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That's awesome. We love that. We love the power we love the authority. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. That power was to be a witness. That as you go deeper, you can go wider. And, and as a church, as the worship team comes today, we aren't called to be a mile deep and only an inch wide. Alternatively, we aren't called to be a mile wide and only an inch deep. God God has a bigger calling for us. In church circles, people can get into arguments about whether the church should be making disciples or reaching the lost. And, 
Should we be this church that disciples people or should we be a church that brings the lost, the sinner? Should we be a hospital for the sick or should we be the, the school that, that equips uh, disciples to, 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 to go deeper in their walk with God? Like, which should we do? And Jesus answers that question and what he modeled and Paul answers that question in what he writes. The answer is yes. They both answered. It's not this one. It's not that one. They said Yes. And here's what I want to challenge you to do as we step into a new year. I want to encourage you to identify two things. Two things in your life. First one, I want you to identify one spiritual habit that you can make part of your regular morning routine. Here's what I want you to do. These two things, I want you to actually today pull out your phone. I want you to text yourself as a reminder. Maybe write these down somewhere. I want you to identify one spiritual habit that you can make part of your normal morning routine. Now, you might say, well, Nick, I I like to talk to God, read my Bible at night or on my lunch break. That's cool. Do that. I'm asking you to do something in the morning, though. To start your day in 2021. Endeavor to start your day as many days as you can with one new spiritual habit. Not a new one every day, but the same one. Maybe for you, you aren't used to reading the Bible much. And it's downloading the version Bible app and starting a reading plan, trying every morning, carve out some time, and you're diving into God's Word, and you're processing, you're asking, God, what does this mean for me? Maybe for you, it's, it's carving out some time in the morning to, to pray or to worship. Maybe it's five minutes or 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes. <laughs> Setting aside time where all you're doing is just talking to God, not, not making your breakfast not reading the paper and trying to talk to God, not, not doing two different things, but just focusing your time on God. One spiritual habit that you can make part of your normal morning routine. Number two, one spiritual habit. Number two, one person you can pray for this year to see them come to faith in Jesus. Not just one person you can pray for, like that they could be healed or that, that, that God would help them or supply something for them or but, but one person that this year you're going to commit to say, I want to pray that this person would come to faith in Jesus. Maybe it's a family member, a spouse, an aunt or uncle, a child. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's your neighbor. Maybe it's just a friend. Maybe it's an acquaintance, someone that you know of. One person you can pray would come to faith in Jesus. You might think, I, I don't even know how to do that. I don't know how to lead someone to Jesus. I've never done that before. Here's the, here's the cool thing. You don't have to have a Bible college degree to do that. If you work on the first spiritual habit, that one spiritual habit, I promise you God will start to equip you to do the second here. Because here's the deal. Going deeper in your faith should always allow you to grow wider in your influence. Going deeper in your faith should always allow you to grow wider in your influence. We're going to sing a song here in a minute. Here, here, here's, I'm going to give you a kind of frame uh, where, where I believe God has taken us as a church this year. I believe God has some incredible things planned for us in 2021. I don't just say that because I'm supposed to. I truly believe that. I know coming off of 2020, you'd be like, man, what do we do? How can we even do this? I'll, I'll be honest, as a pastor, man, it's been a challenging year because it feels like so many things that we do weren't possible. 
outreaches as we reach the lost. Uh, we weren't possible. We couldn't gather people in big events or, or, or things that we've done in the past. And it, and it feels like in a lot of ways, how do we even do this? How in the world are we supposed to influence the world? We're kind of trapped here. Our hands are tied. We, what do we do? And maybe for you as an individual, you felt like, man, my spiritual journey has been tough because it feels like my normal things of going to church or being part of a group or, or, or whatever it may be, like those weren't possible this year. And, and it feels like you're your hands are uh, strapped or, 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 or you are limited. This is something God's really been putting on my heart. God wants to bring a harvest. He wants to bring people who are broken, people who are far from him. He wants to see them come to faith in Jesus even more than we do. And none of that stopped. Just because we've walked through a pandemic, we're walking through, doesn't mean that stopped. So the question is, what do we do? What do we do? We don't know what, what's possible sometimes or not. We don't know, you know, what's around the next corner. We, we don't know what 2021 holds. And maybe for you, that's a really scary proposition. And you're like, I don't know. I'm scared. I'm anxious. I'm worried. Here's what I believe. That we are going to fight for what God wants on our knees. We're, we're going to fight. As we go deeper, God's going to take us wider. Because the deal is, as a church, the church, a Calvary church, what God has in store for us isn't contained to a building. It, it, today is proof of that. We're not in the building and we're still worshiping and gathering. What God has in store for us, what God wants to do through Calvary Church is not contained to a building, to a structure, to a physical place. It's so much bigger than that. God's called us to influence the 45,000 residents that live in 15642. He's called us to influence the 350,000 people that call Westmoreland County home. We are called to just go through the motions. He has a bigger calling for us. Man, that's overwhelming. How can that be possible? As we go deeper, God's going to take us wider. As we're willing to dig in, truly understand the heart of God, truly know his word, and be willing to be obedient when the Holy Spirit speaks to us. He's going to widen our influence. He's going to give you an opportunity to pray with that coworker, that family member, that friend, that neighbor, that person that you've been praying for all year. I promise you, if you're willing to go deeper and pray for that person, God's going to give you an open door, an opportunity that maybe you never thought was possible. As you step through it, God's going to use you to take your influence wider, that you can introduce Jesus bring Jesus into a relationship, a conversation and see God do miraculous things. That's what God wants to do for us. And, and we're going to sing a song here. Here's the deal. This might be a little different, a little weird for you. I don't, I don't know. Maybe you're at home. I don't know where you are. If you're able to, I want you to stand up. You'll be like, I've been sitting on my couch. Why should I stand up? Just do it. Stand up change of posture changes your outlook and changes a lot of things. I want you to stand up wherever you are. We're going to sing a song here in a minute. And, and, it, and it's a little bit of a, of, a, of a louder song. It's a little more of a declarative song. We sang it earlier. It's called The Battle Belongs to the Lord. And, and as we step into a new year, we're not stepping into a new year sheepish and like staying back and like, oh man, what's going to happen? How bad is this going to get? Oh, how, how much is going to fall apart? No, we're going in ready to fight on our knees. We're ready to go deeper and God's going to take us wider. It's not one or the other. It's both and God has something in store for us as a church. God has something in store for you, for your family. Not, not magically, it's going to just pop into your life. As you go deeper, he's going to take you wider. 
And I want to start this year off declaring, declaring this song. Saying, God, I don't know what this year holds. I don't know what's in store for me. I don't know how this all pans out. But I do know this. God, you hold it all together in your hands. God, I'm not going to fight battles that are not my own. The battle belongs to you. I'm going to do my part. I'm going deeper. I want to get into God's word. I want to, I want to, 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 to start that spiritual habit to go deeper and to begin praying and believing that God's going to take me wider. Because that's what God has in store for you. Before we sing this song, I just want to pray. As you're standing, maybe you feel comfortable putting your hands out like this. Just as a sign to say, God, use me. God, today we come before you and we say, Lord, use us as a church. God, as we are distributed across this region, even this morning, God, I pray that you would begin to put dreams and passions in our heart, Lord, that are not possible on our own. But God, that they are battles that we don't have the ability to fight, but you are fighting for us. Use us, I pray. Strengthen us. Holy Spirit, work in us. God, I pray in 2021, this would be a year where, where, where we are known that we went deeper. Our understanding of your word, our, our understanding of your presence, Lord. God, that we grow closer to you and that you take us wider. Do something miraculous through us, Lord, even beyond what we think is possible. Have your way, I pray, in Jesus' name. Use us, Lord, to make a difference, to reach this region with Jesus. This is Pastor Nick Pohl, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 